following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. You know, there are a couple things that I've learned over the last 48 hours and really 24 hours, I guess, about this Dallas Cowboys football team and about how there's also two types of people in this world. There's those types of people that go for it on fourth and three inside the 20-yard line with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and there are those that decide to uh, actually kick the field goal and tie the football game up at 20. That's what we saw last night as the Dallas Cowboys fell to the Los Angeles Rams 20-17, to the final score as the Rams come out on top and the Cowboys start the 2020 season 0-1. And we're talking Cowboys and we're going to talk about those Cowboys and talk about what happened. And uh, it's week two, episode one, but we got to look back at week one because there are a lot of question marks to address after the, the loss on the road in Inglewood, California. I'm Kyle Yeomans alongside the normal group, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, back this week after he was out on Friday and the great Cowboys insider, Rob Phillips and guys, it's definitely a disappointing feeling. There's not panic time by any means. I mean, it's week one of the season. There's still plenty of season to go, but at the same time, there's a lot of concern around what happened last night. Rob, uh, general thoughts, and we'll start with you. Well, you said it. I mean, it's probably too early to to draw conclusions about the entire season based off of one game, given a short training camp that they had. Uh, by the way, are you happy you're the only guy that picked against the Cowboys? Right? I'm not happy, happy, Kyle. Not happy? happy at all. That's the thing is is what happened was kind of what I had that gut feeling about, but it's also, uh, yeah, no, I wish I was wrong. I really do. It's unfortunate. <laughs> well, we give, we gave you props. You, you were correct about this one, and, you know, the thing to me that stood out was it's been one game, right, but they lost more than the game yeah. last Ooh. night. You know, they've, they've got – some question marks and at some spots that we already had questions about the tight end position, the depth there, potentially offensive line. And then Leighton Van Der Esch at the linebacker knows Isaiah has been talking about that for, for weeks. We'll see the severity there, but you're banged up on top of the fact that you didn't play as well as I think we thought they could, especially on defense. And the Rams just controlled the football game. Uh, really both lines of scrimmage for a good portion of the game. And, and when that happens, it comes down to, you know, you got to make a play here or there to go win the game, and they weren't able to do it. Heckma? Yeah, Rob, oh. man, you are absolutely correct. The line of scrimmage was dominated by the Los Angeles Rams. I know we talked about it in the pre-show yesterday, and it showed up in a big way. Um, there's a dude by the name of Aaron Donald who came and was like, you know what, I feel disrespected. By the fact that you guys are talking about, you guys can stop me. Let me. I wasn't worried about you. that. Let me remind y'all who I am. And Aaron Donald came out, and there was a, there. I know there was one play instinctively where he just came down the line and washed everybody out, and then came and decided to get a good hit on Dak, and it was it was pretty embarrassing. You know, to, to say the least, it was embarrassing. I mean, to your point, Rob. Yeah, there there's a ton of question marks that we already had, and guess what? Rightfully so, because now we're about to talk about it. Mm. 
In my, hey, man, in my opinion and what I saw, Sean McVay called an excellent game, especially the first quarter. I mean, Rams came out, and they dominated the first yeah, quarter. Buddy. They played tempo. Rob, this is something that we talked about on Friday, uh, just expecting that the, the Rams would come out and play tempo in a variation of formations. But, man, they came out in their two-minute offense <laughs> in the first quarter. And it, I think it zapped the defense and mm -hmm. every team if I, all the teams that I was all the games that I was watching offenses were on quick tempo and that was only because look we hadn't had a, a preseason you want to make sure or see or check and see if yeah. guys are in shape and they got their answer and, and for the most part the Cowboys defense in the first quarter it was boy I, I tell you I had a lot of uh, moments when just seeing some of those wide receiver screens where it didn't look like for the guy was running for 10 yards and there was no Cowboys defenders around him. So, look, they took it to us, but the defense shored itself up and they made the game interesting going down to the fourth quarter. Here's the thing. Yeah, that first. Oh, that, go for it, Rob. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, that first quarter, like you mentioned, and, and for a good portion of the game, it reminded me of the playoff game against the Rams a couple years ago, just yep. controlling everything, the line of scrimmage, uh, the, you know, the, the quick passes, the misdirection, that's what they do. And I know yeah. Chris Collinsworth on the, on the broadcast said, well, it's, it's to counteract the Cowboys rushers. Now, they, they, to some extent, but they also kind of did whatever they wanted to do. And they didn't get 300 rushing yards or whatever they had in the playoff game a couple years ago, but they dominated in terms of running, up the middle and getting penetration and getting on the linebackers in the second level. I mean, it, it, you know, it wasn't consistent enough for the defense up front for sure. And, you know, you're looking at the scoreboard at halftime. You're like, how are they winning this game? Because, because the Rams were really in complete control for most of it. It was really what the Cowboys did to the Rams in week 15 of last year. Control the line of scrimmage, wear them down defensively with these short, it was really death by needles type of plays. It was nothing within uh, or outside of seven yards. It was just dinking and dunking down the field enough to where the Cowboys defense was lulled to sleep. And Isaiah, I know you and I were in the same room watching the football game, but it was, the, it was just frustrating because of how relaxed the defense looked and how easy it was that the offense was able to get chunk plays of six or seven yards, whether it was by a run or by a short pass. Yeah, it reminded me, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Hitch and Will Smith was up there coaching it, man. He told him to come here and he said, that's exactly that's exactly what, he, what, what the Rams did to the defense on that opening series. Um, they completely dominated it. I mean, I, I, I know we'll get into the defensive line and the line of scrimmage a little bit in a little bit more depth, but our defensive line looked like they had just came off the couch. I mean, these mm. guys were getting blown off the ball. There was misdirection everywhere. I mean, um, you know, you, you talk about Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch. Those guys' eyes were caught in the backfield. The ball was on the opposite side when those guys were bootlegging and dumping it off. Robert Woods had four, I think, four catches and like 60 yards in like the first in the first series um, alone. Oof. And, and, and they, they just didn't know where to look. They were caught off guard. And to your, and <laughs> yes. to your point, Kyle, you know, these guys, I mean, to, Rob, to your point, you know, these guys were still in the game at, by, you know, by halftime. They were winning by halftime. So that's inspiring, uh, Cowboys Nation, that you guys were still in this game because in reality, it should have been a blowout. 
It really yeah. Had you look at third downs. Third third downs for the Rams, I, I think, is the most significant thing. I mean, the way that they were able to convert those third downs yeah. in defensively, we just were not able to steal any possessions. It wasn't until the Awuzie interception mm -hmm. where the we kind of had the momentum shift in our favor. But the whole time the game was going on, like you said, uh, Isaiah, it, it just looked like our defense was running in sand, and mm -hmm. the Rams were on a, a, a quick track. <laughs> the way that they were running. Those Robert Woods plays, too. You mentioned all those yards. It was all yak. I mean, it was all yards after catch. Like like, yes. like Kyle said, you know, and they blocked it up downfield. Like I said, they were able to get up in the second level, and and guys were just – some of it was seemed like guys were out of position, and some of it they just blocked it up really well. Uh, but the defense really just didn't have an answer for it. You know, they, they like you said, Heck, they kind of settled down a little bit in the second half. Um, but it wasn't uh, wasn't as consistent, and you know I, they did counteract that pass rush that we've been talking about all training camp. Hey, but Rob, not not only that, you know, Kyle mentioned the fact that the defense was playing soft. I not only did the defense, did the entire defense get slapped up and down, but Mike Nolan got slapped in his face. Mm. I don't know what he was doing coming into the game. I think he may have came into it saying, "Okay, let me be conservative in a sense and try to figure out exactly what these guys are doing." Yeah. But I think yeah. he was cut off guard because he there was at no there was no point in the game where he or there actually there was one point I think in the third quarter where he third actually quarter. became a little bit aggressive. Um, but aside from that, that was not the Mike Nolan of the past and that was one yeah, of the, not a lot of blitzing not a lot of blitzing no and, half, and really. not a lot of movement whatsoever which is one of the uh, it's funny after the game and I tweeted this out this morning I said I've got a laundry list of questions I counted them a minute ago I have 36 bullet points of questions that I have <laughs> going into this week of what 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 happened on Sunday night and I'm not going to read all of them but one of the big ones was what happened to the movement that we saw in training camp I mean Rob you and I were at the at the Ford Center here at the star when we were looking at Mike Nolan's defense and we're saying and we're reporting we're throwing out there that this is going to be a lot different than what we've seen in the past and from these different staffs that we've seen but Rob last night it looked like it was a lot of the same old same old from a defensive perspective well, yeah, I mean, there were some bright spots. I mean, Alden Smith looked fantastic. Yeah, he did. If yes. there were any questions about him, you know, coming back, you know, oh, he, he did in training camp, but what about yeah. you know, live live action at Ooh. five years off? Man, he was – he kind of kept him in it. You know, there were a couple times uh, in the first half it was him or Demarcus Lawrence that, you know, batting the ball down or forcing a, 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 a pressure that, that that's the only way Goff was getting incompletion. So I thought they had some pressure on the defensive front. Um, like I said, it was more the interior and losing Vander Esch too, Kyle in the front seven. Huge. That hurts because, you know, Jalen, I don't think they were able to use Jalen like they wanted to. And they, they were able to find Jalen in coverage too after that. And the results weren't too good. So uh, that, that's why I go back to the injuries, man. Uh, I think you felt the Gerald McCoy injury too. Mm -hmm. you know, yes, you, you did. Got, you got Tristan Hill playing a lot of snaps in there and Don Terry Poe and Antoine Woods. And it just wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't productive inside for, for much of the game. Yeah, and speaking of Tristan Hill, I, I, he had some flashes in this game. Yes, but he then did. There, then there were other times, with man, where he was getting pinballed out of there. <laughs> and that that worried me. That worries me uh, to see because uh, to see that happen to him, knowing how solid of a training camp that he had. But, you know, look, it's it we have to. To say it, safety-wise, we still saw that there was some 
<laughs> there are some deficiencies there that need to be fixed. We have to get on that immediately because down in the goal line, that one play where uh, I believe it was Thompson. It, it, I mean, look, it's just a, it's just a football play, but still, man, it, that's a that's a tackle that you need to make. Uh, oh my gosh, guys! Um, <laughs> I say it's so about to roll about. up his sleeves. Uh, he's he's getting yeah, ready. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got no sleeves. I know you don't even have the anyway. sleeves. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, to answer your 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 point that you brought into this this segment here, um, and to, that you posed to Rob in terms of the, what they look like in camp, right? And and Mike Nolan had all this movement going on. Um, I, th- I think I've had a number of coaches in my football career say everybody has a plan until you're punched in the mouth, right? Um, and I think Mike Nolan had a plan coming into this game, but I think he he got punched in the mouth, and by him getting punched in the mouth, he became conservative, and by him becoming conservative, I think it threw the players off. I'm speculating here, but I think the players anticipated him coming in being a lot more aggressive, and then all of a sudden the defensive coordinator, the person that's calling the plays, becomes conservative, and they're like, whoa. It comes across as if he's being scared, right? If he's being conservative, no. all, all we've been practicing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, if all we've been practicing is being aggressive, and all of a sudden we come in here and now we're being conservative, what is that communicating to your defense? Um, and you guys started talking about particular players. I, poor Poe. Oh, Poe. Uh, <laughs> Poe, look, Poe. Uh, that, that last night, and uh, we know how dominant of a player he can he he can be, right? Um, and I hate talking about um, you know what players could be, right? Um, however, he didn't look like he had any fire, and I and I hope that it was just a game one thing, and he'll figure it out because we know that he's a dominant player. But he didn't look like he even wanted to be near the ball. He was getting washed down the line of scrimmage a number of times. He never put his foot in the ground to change directions or to or, or to give any kind of resistance. He's 350 pounds, y'all. There's no way that you're just pushing this guy down the line. So when he doesn't want to move, guess what? He's not going to move. So he didn't show any um, any urge to even want to make a play. Um, you had Griffin who showed up and made plays. You had Alden Smith who came out and balled out. Had it not been for Alden Smith, this game would have been really, really ugly. Um, you got Hill. Hill was, I remember there was one play distinctively where Hill was hustling his butt off there in the fourth quarter when they were trying to get things turned around. He ran, I mean, he ran the ball down about a good 30 yards all the way across the field to, to get in on a tackle. Um, and then you had Gallimore, and Gallimore just looked like he just wasn't ready. Uh, Gallimore came into the game. Yeah, he, he came in looked like a rookie. He was like, oh, these are grown men. I'm sorry. Um, and they got him off, off the, they got him off the field. So a lot of things to work on. You know, I think the edges were sure up pretty good. That interior, champ, though, woo, we, better, we champ, better figure that out. Yes, sir. Champ, let me ask you this, man. Like, a lot of those pre-snap penalties that we had, I mean, we Ooh, opened, yeah. opened the, the game. That was big. We opened the game with DeMarcus Ware. I mean, DeMarcus Ware. I said that. Ooh. DeMarcus Ooh, Chris Collinsworth. Oh, 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 man. Come on, Heckman. And I just did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> DeMarcus Lawrence jumped outside. I mean, he couldn't even get back to the other side. He was standing with the running back. But we had those pre-snap penalties that killed us. And we made, you know, short field positions, short you know, first downs for those guys. I mean, we didn't do ourselves any favors in this game and when you talk about Mike Nolan and coming in being aggressive doing certain things I, I felt as though he could dial it up when he could but I think after the Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, injury uh, that limited a lot of what we were going to do defensively but kudos to Al- we got to talk about Alden Smith Rob when you bring him up man the way that he played against the run he did not look like a guy that's been out of the NFL for four years and my goodness what a pickup whatever McCarthy saw and him that day in the gym, my God, thank you for seeing that because he has come back in full, in full force. And think about this. He's a guy that was on his way to Canton 
prior to his problems. And yeah. now it's like, man, you know, he has washed all of those things away. And I'm praying that he is continues that domination because in the run, man, he just did some things that we hadn't been seeing uh, what we didn't see last year. He had a couple it, plays where he just busted through a double team. Yeah, uh, kind of awesome. like Aaron Donald, where he was he was knocking down bowling pins a couple times against the Cowboys' <laughs> offensive line, a couple right. times. And you know oh, they ha- they handled him at times, but not not consistently. How, how many times was that? How many times? Was that? Are you talking about Aaron? Are you talking about Aaron Donald or Alden Smith? Uh, both, 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 but yeah, but I mean, go ahead. I say, go ahead. All, all I'm gonna say is, as we go into this, um, this second week, right? We got to finish up today, um, obviously with the Monday night games, and then tomorrow, who knows what happens tomorrow. Mm. Uh, but all I'm saying is, as we go forward into this week two, the best player on this defense is somebody who hasn't played in five years. Yeah, I won't let that sink in. Yeah, it's there. There's there's problems. And, yeah. and one of the biggest things that stuck out to me, especially when you talk about the defensive line, maybe with the exception of uh, of Alden Smith, they weren't being pushed around by the, the Tyron Smiths and the, the Zach Martins and the Travis Fredericks of the world. They're getting pushed around by Austin Blythe, Joseph Noteboom, Austin Corbett. And, I mean, I, I know those guys are great in their own rights, but this is a, a Rams offensive line that had a ton of question marks itself heading into last night. Well, they they definitely showed out a lot more than uh, what seemingly was an upgraded pass rush, at least uh, outside of Alden Smith. Thank goodness uh, he well, was there. What was I, that? Well, I, th- I think maybe – I was thinking that last night as we were watching the game. Maybe we just underestimated that line. I mean, they, yeah. they had some yeah. injuries. They had some injuries last year, and, and they're healthy now. And, look, they – they did get all three of those running backs. All three backs got involved. I think we talked about, yeah, maybe that was a smoke screen, but they got, yeah, they got everybody involved. And, and you guys talked about being conservative defensively, man, the Rams, when they're rolling, that's what they can do to you because they put you on your heels. They, the the way they, you know, they don't, they, they they keep you guessing with their pre-snap look, that tight formation, the line of scrimmage. And then if they get a couple, they hit a couple plays, here comes that tempo. And, and they're dictating yeah. the tempo to you. And that's really what happened early on. It just, it, you know, it wasn't the Cowboys weren't dictating to them. Well, and, and we've spent the majority of this first segment talking about the defensive side of the football. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, let's see how disappointing it was on the offensive side as we get our thoughts on how Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and the entire offense underneath Kellen Moore looked in the 20-17 to loss as Cowboys fall on the road to the Rams. We'll be back here in just a moment on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks 
free shipping. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. Is getting a little cynical in the in the break there, just looking around and talking about separate subjects that we're going to bring up in the third segment. We're going to talk about the offense first. But before we dive into that offense, if you're looking for something to change up your dinner routine, help lo- support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit the Star District. Dot com. I went over to Wahlburgers the other day and got me a Wahlburger, and that was pretty fantastic. Oh, oh, oh man, amazing. those things are so are good. So good. I mean, there's Thanks so many. Thanks for the invite, Kyle. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I, did, I didn't extend that one. I, that, was a, that was a quick dine, or not dine you in. Uh, you're vegetarian. Friend, that, was, huh? that was a curbside pickup for me. I was trying to stay socially distant <laughs> so I could be healthy enough to talk about this 20-17 to 17 Cowboys loss to the Los Angeles Rams. That's what I've been really waiting for all week long. Uh, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. And, guys, the, the offense, it, it wasn't necessarily bad from an offensive perspective. I mean, Dak Prescott still ended with a day that uh, he could at least lean on a little bit, but it, it really didn't look like he was comfortable, and that's really what I want to get into. It's not necessarily the stats. You can look at the stats all you want from Dak Prescott. 25 of 39, 266 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Amari Cooper had 10 receptions for 81 yards. He was the leading receiver. Ezekiel Elliott, really probably the most effective member of the offense all day long. He had 127, uh, 127 all-purpose yards, including 96 on the ground, 31 through the air, but Guys, it really seemed like that offensive line struggled to to contain Aaron Donald. We alluded to that in the first segment. But, Rob, what was the biggest thing that stuck out to you in terms of this offense and just not getting off the ground and finding a bit of a rhythm? Well, they kind of settled in after the first drive. First drive, everything was sluggish. That that first, what, eight, nine minutes of the game. But third down, man, 3-12, of I think, on third down. They just – they they couldn't – they couldn't sustain drives, and um, that's that's what got them last year yeah. offensively. I, man, I I will say this about Zeke: that's as good as I've seen him play mm-hmm. uh, in a couple years. Just he as looked good fantastic. As he's looked, and oh my God, he looked like he. I mean, we watched him in training camp, but to me, he looked ten pounds lighter. He just I don't know. He right. looked he you looked have him less. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know. He, he looked he looked fantastic, and they you know they were able to get some things going off of him. Uh, in a couple different ways, but yeah, third downs, they just couldn't sustain things. And you mentioned some of the pressure, especially late in the game. Uh, you know, they went after Terrence Steele, who I thought, I thought he battled at right tackle. That was kind of a surprise a start. Yeah. But you know, I think they got him late in the game. I think Leonard Floyd got a sack on him and, and you know, the pressure, 
the pressure, mm. you know, got him late. But um, just not consistent enough keeping drives going. Yeah, once they figured out where the weakest links were on the offensive line, we had to start moving coverage that way, and the Rams took full advantage of it with Brockers. And number 99, he will forever be I won't even call him by his name. Number 99 uh, was just so disruptive in the defensive line uh, that we could, I mean, a lot of our plays that we tried, it's 99 was just smack dab in the middle of our offense. And, you know, I, I felt as though Dak had his moments, like the, the balls, some of the balls that he threw, I mean, right on the money, especially the one of the P.I., and I'm sure we're going to talk about the P.I. Uh, from Ramsey, uh, but I thought, that, I thought that ball was right on the money, guys. Mm -hmm. So Dak, to me, played well. Uh, man, when Jarwin went down, it was, that was a moment, you know, as, as a Cowboy fan, and I was like, this is the one guy that we don't need to have this problem, and then Schultz came in with one catch for 11 yards, and just a couple of drops, man, in moments where it hit him right in his hands. That yeah. He gets that opportunity again. Schultz is definitely going to have to take advantage of that. Yeah, all in all, fellas, the, the offense did pretty good. But obviously, um, you know, the offensive coordinator did not read da uh, um, Zeke's new tattoo um, where it said, feed me. Uh, so, ah, uh, look uh, at that, Isaiah. And, 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 are we... <laughs> And, and I know you guys reference him being a little bit lighter. He didn't want it to say, feed me. He just wanted to say, feed me. So that's why he lost a couple pounds. But um, the boy looked explosive, right? And, and, they, and they, gave him, they gave him the rock, but they didn't give him the rock enough. And I, that was one of my fears going into this game is that they would establish the run like we all, we all know that they would, but that they would go away from it to try to initiate the pass because of the receivers that they have on this team. And I felt that that's what they did. I felt like they really tried to force the issue in terms of passing. Um, um, that's the struggle, right? As we as right. we talked about in the past, with all this talent on the team, if you have something that's working, right? What do they say, old school? If it's not okay. broke, don't, don't fix it. Fix it. So forget the fact that you got these three goons at receiver. Forget the fact that you had Jarwin out there. Hand the ball to Zeke. That's where the Rams were struggling. They had no answer for that. Zeke was falling for six yards, right? So why would you go away from that to throw the ball and then end up three for 12 on third down? You put yourself in those situations. Um, so I hope, I hope, I hope that the OC learns from that. Um, in terms of the receivers, I think they did a great job. I mean, they were, they were catching the rock. There was a couple drops in there, but these guys were doing what they were supposed to do. There was too many doggone crossing routes. Goodness gracious. It was yeah. crossing routes galore. These guys didn't have the opportunity to go out there and run routes the way that they really wanted to. Um, you know, they were forced to try to look across coverage as they were running crossing routes to try to look ahead and see if they're going to get their head knocked off. So um, all in all, yeah. <laughs> all in all, yeah. they did a good job. But hey, if you got the ball and you're and you're feeding the ball to, to Zeke, keep giving it to him, man. You guys were down by three majority of the game, right? right. The majority of the game, you guys were barely down. Keep giving him the rock. You will run yourself back into the game. Well, and Mike McCarthy said following the loss that he felt good about the, the offense and how they were moving the ball. It's one of the reasons why he elected to go for it on fourth and three rather than turn around and kick the field goal and tie the game up at 20. But one of the that was a key play, absolutely. But I think another key play was, was. one of the ones that were being talked about uh, over the last 12 hours has been that pass interference penalty that uh, Heckma was alluding to just a moment ago whenever uh, there was the, the deep seam route on the left side of the field to Michael Gallup that would have ultimately put the Cowboys back into field goal range on what was the last drive of the ball game. Jalen Ramsey was in coverage and the, the, it was called a push off. 
for Michael Gallup. And I know Cowboys fans are up in arms. It's a controversial call. People think they got robbed. I, I'm not on that boat. I think it was a good call. And I know Cowboys fans don't want to hear that. But that's not the reason you lost. Even if you don't like hearing that, it's not the reason you lost. You lost because the interior of both your offensive that. and defensive lines. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I know. Kyle, you but tell no lies. I'm. It was a push off. He extended all the way through. It, it, yeah. it was a good call. It was a- he sold I don't know. it. It was a he love, sold it. It was a love wow. nudge. That's a good you play. Really it's a veteran lie, play. Kyle, no man, you stay the course, buddy. It's a veteran play no from Jalen Ramsey. It's, so okay, it's not. It's it's not why they lost. But no. nope. I, if if Amari Cooper had done that, I think maybe he gets away with it. Ooh, if a four-time rock. Pro Bowler does that, and Michael rock. Irvin made a career out of doing that, you're the receiver. How, you tell you tell how me. Many how many times? How many times have you seen Michael Irvin do that, Rob? His whole damn career. Can I put put this to rest? Can I put this to rest? Okay. Please. If you extend your arm as an offensive receiver or tight end, if you extend your arm to create space, you're going to get called for offensive pass interference. You guys are referencing Michael Irvin, who hasn't played in 77 years, okay? (laughs) The rules were a little bit different back then, okay? The rules were different back then. The game was a lot tougher now. The game is soft now. It's soft as tissue paper. Was it a deliberate push? No. Was it, enough to, was it enough to push Ramsey 100, all $100 million that's in his back pocket? No. But you leave yourself susceptible to the call if you extend your arm. So, yes, it's offensive pass interference. Now, to combat that, you wouldn't even been in that situation. All right? You wouldn't even been in a position to score had the call been made on the opposite side of the ball when, uh, when Jared Goff threw an interception after getting uh, Mike Tyson KO'd in his helmet. So got, yeah, they got away with one there. Yeah, that and so we got one big, a big one. The, the pass interference was a judgment call, right? We can all agree to that. That was a judgment call. That could have went either way. Getting punched in your face, the quarterback that should have been <laughs> automatically a penalty, and the game it wouldn't even been as close as it was. I mean, shoulda, woulda, coulda, if it <laughs> happened, but it didn't. All that's I'm the thing. Is, that's no, that's no, no, that's no, a no. great point. Just, no, no, I love what you're saying. Hold I love on. what you're saying. Hold on, man. I'm saying. Isaiah, you have hand fought with your son harder than what Ramsey and Absolutely. Gallup were doing. And, and at the Absolutely. top of that route, if you're talking about Gallup having his hand extended and Ramsey holding on, he was, he was trying to disrupt the route the whole time. He Absolutely. was jockeying all the way down the field. And Absolutely. that little, in this little motion, I, when you start seeing hey. that, yep. hey, 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 say it with I, your chest. Don't, hey, don't, don't, don't do me like that. Hey, don't do me I like don't, that, Isaiah. Listen, don't do me like that today. I it's Monday. Disagree with you, Heck. It was ticky tack. Yes, a flop. Were, hey, listen, they were both hand fighting. However, if you extend your arm as a receiver. I can't believe space, you hey, as a receiver I'm are saying you, hey, that. Hey, I'm telling the truth. Hey, hey, wow. if, you, if you're going five miles over the speed limit, is it speeding? Yeah, it's speeding. But yeah, should I get speeding. pulled over for it? No. But guess what? You're still speeding. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, you leave yourself susceptible to getting pulled over. It's the same thing. Is it a whack call? Yes. Is it a legal call? Yes. Here's, I just want it to be like the NBA. Swallow your whistle, man. Let them. Yeah, let them. Exactly. Hey, McCarthy said they let them play the whole game. Rob, hey, Rob, Rob, that's it right there. Swallow your whistle because how many times do you see in championship moments a referee stymie or de- deliberately? No, I'm going to say deliberately or <laughs> make a call. <laughs> make, make a call that changes the complexion of the game. The cap, what? That's Dak Prescott's moment. He puts the ball on the head. money, and you call. 
OP, no way, hey, dog. Hey, you swallow you. your hey, whistle. You don't you call to. that. It's not egregious <laughs> push off. You've seen some. You, you push off. Come on, it. dog. You have to look at it from the other end. Had the Cowboys capitalized off that interception and really went on and just had the momentum shift, what would the Rams be sitting here saying about the no call hit to the helmet that everybody can agree was a foul? Hey, Isaiah, I don't care what the Rams would have been saying today. I, I mean, they missed the call. I can't talk about a missed call versus the call they made. I mean, come on, look at – I mean, I'm sure there hey. was a, several times they could have called holding hey, against hey, hey. Aaron Donald because hey, we it, were holding the hell out of hey, Aaron hey, Donald last night. It was pass yes. interference. It was pass interference. I know we got to go to the next thing. It was pass yeah. interference. Okay, it was, it okay. Was, it was a whack pass interference, but it was pass okay. interference. Okay, I accept. Okay, right. so <laughs> hey, what what do you guys think about the uh, the fourth and three? Who would you have gone for it or would you have they, kicked it? I thought I thought they knew I thought they knew they were going for it. Also, if Dalton Schultz runs that that route a little bit deeper, it gives C.D. Lamb more of an opportunity to catch hey. that ball and walk it to the end zone. Hey, do do you not have one of the best field goal kickers in the league? I don't know. You he might. missed a 53-yarder yeah. in the first heck, quarter, heck, so I'm just saying. Heck, I'm this just, was, come this on. was gonna this was gonna be what a 30-yarder. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where they're at on the field, but I know they're pretty doggone close. You kick the dog on field goal. You have been fighting all the game to get back to where it can be zero zero, and then you go out there and you do that. I understand. Coach had a big call, and it, and it could have went either way. He could have been he could have been the, the savior of all saviors going into this first game had he capitalized on that, but you didn't, and you had an opportunity to get yourself back to zero zero, and which you hadn't had all game, and you missed out. So kick the field goal and go out there and play some defense. Doesn't yeah, like it? I, I know. Fan- Go ahead, Kyle. No, ahead. you go for it. Well, I, I mean, if it were Jason Garrett, he would be ripped <laughs> up and down <laughs> for that. But, you know, I, I think it, I'm with Isaiah on this one, mainly because you're not guaranteed to get the ball back. Yeah. I mean, the, the Rams, the way they were controlling time of possession throughout the game, except for a couple drives here and there, I, I take the points and I at least put myself in position to have a tie and hope you get yeah. the ball back. I just I, I wasn't the way the defense had been yeah. playing overall in that game, and I, I I would take the points. But I but your I, defense, but your but, defense in the fourth quarter forced three punts, and so by that point you had saw the momentum start to change by the way that we were playing defensively. No. Look, they knew that they were going to go for it on fourth down. They knew they were, so that's why they ran it on third and yeah. six. So I agree with you there. That's say, yeah. We we can say we can say oh oh my God, you know why would he call that? But that's the aggression. Those are the kind of plays that we've been begging for. So now that we got it, it's like, oh, God, Mike, what are you doing? No, I like the aggression by Mike. I like him going forward on fourth and three. That's what we we need to see. If he ties it up, then what? We go to overtime and we lose by a field goal, something like that? Come on, man. That's not one and one. Come on, man. If was a fifth. Kick the field We'd all goal. be drunk in here, zero, but zero. it wasn't a fifth. <laughs> We'd all be drunk in here, but that's, that's not what's going on. Isaiah, come on, man. Hey, I hear you. I know Cowboy Nation has been waiting for somebody to be a lot more aggressive than they've seen in the past. However, you have to be smart, and you have to be smart. You have to give your team a, a real chance, and by, by playing from behind the entire game, you give them a chance by saying, hey, fellas, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Let's go out there, and it's a new game. As a former player, as a former player, though, because I, I when he when I heard his explanation, it made more sense to me. You know, first, basically, he said, "Look, first time coaching my guys in a game situation, I wanted to basically show them that I trusted them." You Confidence know, d- yep. d- does that does that hey, but, carry but, weight but, as a player? You can't. No, it doesn't. Ooh. because you, my, your job as a coach is to position us for the best opportunity to win, right? So. By, by giving Greg Zerline a chip shot, 
to, to make the game 0-0, that gives us a great position to win. By giving us a 50-50 chance, that does not, right? So no disrespect to Coach. He's, he's coached a lot more games than I ever have. He's an amazing coach. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. However, I don't agree with him in this regard because you also, not only are you thinking about this game, but you also have to think about the games you have coming up. How does this position you, a loss right here, how does that set me up for these next few games? And there's a real opportunity. I know we talked about this in a break. There's a real chance that the Cowboys can start this year 0-3. And you have to take that consideration oh, whenever you go into that situation. We've still, we, we, we've still got, we've got some time to talk about zero and three. Let's let's get past the zero and one first, and, and let's we'll, we'll move past this. Now, I, I haven't given my input on this. I, I liked the aggressiveness. I still think in that spot when there's 11 minutes left in the game, I think you kick it and you tie the football game up and then go from, forward Absolutely. from there. Later in the game, any later than that, sure. I mean, that's fine. And, and I get the analytics side of it as well. Forty fourth and three, analytically, is something you should be able to convert. And, and that's exactly what Mike McCarthy looked at. But he, he wasn't necessarily all in on the analytics side of it. He was nece- he was He was on the fence, and it ended up being a 50-50 call. But, guys, for the fans out there, I know they know this as well. This is Dallas Cowboys football. You can't just take care of business or get blown out. It's got to be a 50-50 on-the-fence call that we have to debate for the next seven days until we get to see football again. <laughs> and that's exactly what we've got again yeah, no doubt. here in 2020. Well, we've run over time here in this segment. When we come back, Leighton Vanderesh, Blake Jarwin out for an extended period of time. How long are they out and what's next for the Dallas Cowboys when we return here on Talking Cowboys? I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. 
Last five minutes here of Talking Cowboys on the Monday morning after a 20-17 to loss as the Cowboys are 0-1 on the 2020 campaign. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more. Essilor as the Cowboys do fall by three in the opening week matchup against the Rams and we've been uh, we've been breaking it down and we've been uh, debating over the debatable calls that were made both on a referee side and on a coaching perspective side in the fourth quarter of the loss but there, there's some cut and dry stuff out of this as well injuries for the Dallas Cowboys and it's something that uh, is going to impact this team throughout the the rest of the season and first off we'll start on the offensive side of the football Blake Jarwin uh, out for a long period of time still getting reevaluated today but it looks like a a feared hamstring injury something that was non-contact you saw it on the broadcast if you were watching just kind of running around turning around on a curl and and just falling to the ground not necessarily what you want to see and then on the other side Leighton Vander Esch defensively with a fractured clavicle uh, out for some time. Rob, what are some of the updates on those injuries, if you've heard any, and, and what, is, what is the next step for the Cowboys? Well, like you said with Jarwin, when you, when you fear that ACL that, that for your knee, usually they have a pretty good idea. But yeah. they'll, they'll do the MRI to confirm today. Um, you know, with, with Van Der Esch, it's going to depend on, I think, where, where the fracture is. Uh, because if they, could, if they can plate it, and, and do surgery, he can come back, you know, in a shorter period of time. But if, if it's not surgery, as we've seen with the Tony Romo injuries in the past, it can, it's going to be a couple months probably uh, at, at minimum. So not good, not good. And then Cam Irving had a knee injury too, which you're talking about your offensive line depth. And I, I think that you're probably hoping that's just a, a sprained knee there. Uh, but, it, man, you're talking about a couple key guys that are going to be out for a lot of weeks and, and Jarwin potentially the season. As somebody who has sustained their fair share of injuries, I feel for all of these guys, mm. and, I, and I pray that these guys all get back healthy as soon as possible. I know what it does to you mentally um, as a player. Um, I can tell you right now, um, Blake Jarwin is ACL most likely, and he's he's done, right? So these guys are going to have to um, really rely on their on their next two guys to to step up and, and fill that void. I don't. Nobody's going to be able to fill the void of that vertical threat that he provided. Um, and then as you go over to um, as we go over to Van Der Esch, okay, we how many times have we talked about the depth? And at least my concern for the linebacker depth, um, Van Der Esch already had a neck injury that we talked about and his hesitation to be able to go in there and make contact, right? We questioned that uh, leading up to this first week because he didn't have any preseason to hit anybody. Um, and it was I, we saw it on that on that uh, that goal line stand where, where he went in there. He had an opportunity to go in there and feel the gap on Malcolm Brown, and he he hesitated. That hesitation that we talked about, right? He turned his head sideways, and instead of delivering a blow, he absorbed a blow. And I believe that's when he really sustained that initial um, that initial injury. Um, I don't I don't foresee him coming back any sooner than probably the the last the last quarter of the season. Um, it, you know, I, I just the, the compounded injury with his neck, his previous injury with his neck, compounded with this with this clavicle deal. You put both of those together. Not he, but even when he comes back physically, right? How is he going to be mentally, right? <laughs> no different than he was when he this this original game where he wasn't confident in his ability to deliver deliver a blow. Irving Irving will be back. You know, he'll probably miss a couple weeks. He, guys get rolled up on all the time. Uh, luckily, he probably had on a knee brace. So um, big big time concerns. These guys they need to do some work and bring some guys up from the practice squad and 
and Scow. I think they're going to have to find interior defense alignment, um, you know, injuries right aside, to, to right now to go out there and get a big dog because, um, you know, even though we didn't have any injuries there, we might as well have. Yeah, when, when I look at all of this, the potential of losing two starters week one is devastating. I mean, who has that kind of luck? Uh, but also the, the Cam Ehrman injury as well with the depth at right tackle is concerning, and especially the game that Steele had. And you know that mm -hmm. other, other teams on our schedule have that film out, and, and they will definitely be trying to utilize a mismatch, uh, mismatch against him. And so all things being considered, guys, like I said, the, the injuries to, to Van Der Esch, for for the defense is is going to be it's going to be big and, and you talked about that Isaiah the depth at linebacker so yeah man that's uh that's going to be a big one for us but man also Blake Jarwin going into the season he was somebody that we really had high hopes for and man I know they're doing an MRI just just to see if there's any potential that it wasn't that but if it is and losing him for the season that's a big blow and, and they could have used him in that game, too, because yeah. yes, the it seemed like they were playing their safeties deep, and there were opportunities for, yeah. for a guy like Jarwin to make plays and try to get some things going because they didn't really go downfield a lot in the game. And, uh, man, yeah, you're right, Heck, they're going to miss him because he provided – you put him on the field with the three top receivers, and you got some mismatches most weeks. And kudos, I know we were talking about a lot of negative stuff here. Kudos to Joe Thomas for stepping up and stepping yeah, in the yes. game. He came in and played a heck of a game. Um, he came in and filled the gap. He was he was present, just as present as Alden Smith was from the time that he entered the game. Um, and we talked about those those linebackers and how we didn't think there were going to be too many three-linebacker sets. The majority of the game, there were two true linebackers in there. Yep. Um, and when he had to step in, he did a heck of a job. Yeah, I, I thought there was uh, kind of what we expected to see from the linebackers. I mean, it, we saw Anthony Brown really as that nickelback, uh, that, that third linebacker, <laughs> yeah. quote-unquote, even though it was really two true linebackers. And Sean Lee, he'll be back yeah. week three. You've got a Francis Bernard on the practice squad that you could potentially elevate and, and hopefully fill that role yeah, at least for a little bit there and, and have some depth at linebacker. I mean, there's free agents out there as well. Uh, I know Isaiah's probably looking at the the secondary for, for free tomorrow. agency. Can't wait for tomorrow's show. Uh, you, do you have a uh, do you have a <laughs> prediction? As we're out of time, but do you have a very quick ten second prediction? Uh, well, the first week of the season ends tonight, which means that guys are eligible, veterans are eligible to sign tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Earl Thomas. See you, see you in, in the star tomorrow morning. Thank okay, you very much. okay. So there you go. I knew that was happening, so I just wanted to throw that out there for the fans there. <laughs> Whether it's Earl Thomas, Snacks Harrison, Clay Matthews, who cares? There's there's options out there. The Cowboys have options in house, but hey, why not at least explore your options whenever you have injuries like you did last night in the twenty to seventeen loss. That's going to do it here for talking Cowboys. Thanks for sticking around with us and breaking down last night's game here over the past 45 minutes. We'll be back tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Bring your questions as we've got, uh, we've got fans on the 50 tomorrow. We'll be either taking your calls or reading them off of the Periscope and Twitter. So bring your questions. I know we've got plenty. You've got plenty as well. But for now, for Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. That's it for Talking Cowboys. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!